you got to watch whales, these big investors on what they're doing, how they're pivoting. You always have to watch them. The market will teach you more than any mentor can ever can. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I want to introduce to you Ash Patel. He's a full-time commercial real estate investor. He's going to be doing the interview today and a lot of them moving forward. I'm still going to be doing interviews, just not as many. And he is going to ask tough questions while still building rapport. That way it's not awkward. He's a good friend of mine. Join me in welcoming Ash Patel. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Venkat Avasarala. Venkat is joining us from Dallas, Texas. He's a full-time real estate developer and syndicator. Venkat's portfolio consists of 3,500 multifamily units with 500 under development and 1,000 more in the pipeline. Venkat, thanks for joining us and how are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Ash. It's our pleasure. Before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. By education, I'm an electrical engineer, and then I went and worked in IT, several Fortune 500 companies for 14 years before I just left that for real estate. So starting 2016, I started syndicating apartments. That is when I entered into commercial real estate. And I have done about 14 deals. These are the existing B and C class apartments, buying them to add value by rehabbing interiors, exteriors, raising the rents, and hold it for cash flow and sell it for profit. So that's pretty much the business plan being mostly in Dallas, but lately I've been buying in Arizona and Denver markets too. And then just before COVID hit, early 2020 is when I started ground up development deals. And lately I have added land development deals to my portfolio as well. So that's pretty much what we do here at Stryker. All right. So 2016 was your first syndication. Did you have any real estate experience before your syndication? Just some single family that I've been buying and holding it in my portfolio, other than that I didn't have any other education. And what was your first syndication deal? What did that look like? Oh, it was a small 100-unit deal in a town called Norman, Oklahoma. It's a college town. Oklahoma University is there. It's a C-class property built in 1963. We paid 35 per door. And in two years, it's at 45 per door. So netted about 17 IRR to investors. Not a great return, but a great learning experience for me working on that property. And why did you do that? Why did you go into syndication? I was very happy doing the single family homes. I started buying them back in 2012. Once I felt that we're done with this recession, I started to see that the home prices are appreciating. So that is when I started buying these homes, single family homes. And once I hit the 20, Fannie Mae cut me off. They said that, look, no more loans for you. And I couldn't find great deals out there in single family, which make it worthwhile to keep buying those with the portfolio bank loans or things like that. So that is when I, to scale, so pretty much to scale, I set my sights on commercial real estate and I chose apartments to be specific. And how did you learn about syndication? I joined a local investment club here in Dallas. I'm a big believer of starting anything new with education because there's a lot of learning curve and everybody makes mistakes when they're starting with something new that they have never done before. And I'm not ready to do all those mistakes, right? Still mistakes happen, but I want to avoid as much as possible. So I joined a local investment mentor club 
And that is where I met with other people. Didn't learn a whole lot from the mentor per se, but it's the whole ecosystem where people are there. So we learn from each other, partnered and learned that way. And Venkat, who were the investors on your first syndication? So some of these investors are from the investment club, but the majority of these people are like everybody, friends and family, and the people that I met with over the years, mostly in my technology background. Okay. Well, what was next after that 100-unit deal? I actually live in Dallas, but I couldn't land a 60-unit deal back then because nobody would want to take a risk on me because I was an unproven quantity and Dallas is red-hot market. Even today it is. So nobody would give me a 60 unit. So I chose to go outside Dallas, prove myself and buy my way back in. So second deal was actually in Phoenix, 120 unit off-market property. And I did really well on that one. It's 120 unit in a city called Glendale, Arizona, which is a suburb of Phoenix. And what were the numbers on that? The raise was about $1.8 million on that. And we paid around 65 per door. In about two years, we sold it for 95 per door. And our investors did really well on that one. What was the return to investors? 145%. And I, I try not to say these numbers because as you know, those days are long gone. Yeah, <laughs> the good old days. Yeah, those are good old days where you can actually just buy something and wait and then and, and the market will take you forward. It was 145% return to investors in a little over two years. So Venkat, you got a good thing going with the syndication. Why get into development? So like I was just saying, Back then, we were able to buy these properties at 30-year door, 40-year door, 60-year door, which was completely underpriced. When you especially compare it with the replacement value, those properties were trading on pennies on a dollar here. But that changed quickly since 2016, since when I started till now, 2020, 2021. These prices have appreciated quite a bit, but the rents did not appreciate that much, not as much as the purchase price of the properties did. We were able to buy something at seven and a half cap rate. Now we're talking about fours, four and a half and A, B, C all sitting on top of each other, right? No matter what kind of property is, it's a four to five cap in any major market. And these are hard to pencil. Now, in order for you to keep doing deals, now you have to really get out of your comfort zone, take risk that you would not otherwise take. But on the flip side, if you are a developer, up until now, Whoever were developing the properties, they were selling them at six cap, maybe five and a half to six and a half cap, right? But the first time since the beginning of the universe, right now, a developer can sell a property as soon as he's done building without even people inside it on a projected income, a four and a half, five cap. That never happened before. So this is specifically a great opportune time. And it's a confluence of so many things, right? We have this domestic migration into these Sunbelt markets, spiking rents, and then we have very low interest rates and the leverage is there. One property I'm building in Austin, I'm getting 86% leverage. This never happened before. This is new. Not even in 2007? No, maybe. I wasn't around that time, but right now, with the way the construction prices are and all that, we could use that leverage, right? 86% leverage. But see, it looks like a high leverage, Ash. But if you look at loan to value, 
it might be 86% loan to cost on the construction deal, but on loan to value, you're at 70% loan to value. So anyway, that's pretty much it. It's a confluence of all these nice things which propel me towards development. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget to actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. How did you get educated about development? There's a lot of learning that you got to do, whatever you can online and by talking to the people in that industry. But then I decided that, look, there's so many more unknowns. So much is fluid. So many loosens to tie all the time. And banks are not writing those checks. They are giving leverages, but not for somebody who haven't done a lot of projects. So I went ahead and partnered strategic partnership with local developers who have the know-how, but let's say one of my partner has built 9,000 units in this. He worked for REIT as an employee, but after he retired, him and I, we partnered and we started building these apartments. I bring the equity, I bring the balance sheet, I bring the muscle. So a little bit younger than my partner. So I bring all the muscle to do the work and all that. But my partner brings the contacts, the deals, the off-market land deals that we would need to do something like this. So you have to make strategic partnership because again, life is too short to just blindly go into something else all by myself, make a ton of mistakes. I'm not into that. And how do you convince your investors to come on board with this You know what? The very first deal, I wasn't sure if my investors would write the checks. My very first deal was 156 units in Princeton, Texas. It was just a $3 million raise. And I wasn't sure. That's why I wanted to start small. And guess what? In two days, it got filled up. And in the middle of COVID, in the middle of COVID. So that shows that our investors who have traditionally invested in value add, they know what is happening here. They see these prices going up and hard to produce an yield. 
So you can underwrite whatever you want, especially in the high property tax and high insurance state like Texas, where the expense ratios are north of 60%. It's hard to produce an yield. So they are seeing the writing on the wall that it's hard to produce any kind of a decent yield, maybe 2-3% yield in this value add. Why not just invest in construction? They are able to put two and two together and get to where I need them to be. So I was pleasantly surprised. What kind of returns will investors get on this deal? Again, development deals vary widely depending on what you're developing and all that. For me, my benchmark is I want to produce a rate of 21% IRR for my investors, at least a three-year minimum. So 21 IRR on a three and a half year basis is double your money. And that is where I want to be. And if I cannot hit that benchmark, I don't want to do the deal. I want to be very choosy. I want to do less deals, but more profitable deals for both my investors and myself. And this is a different type of investor because there's no monthly or quarterly payouts. There you go. Do they only get paid at the very end? That is exactly what's going to happen. And again, like I said, I thought that I need a totally different set of investors who don't care about cash flow. But to my surprise, the same exact investors who invested with me all these years for cash flow didn't bat an eye. They just wrote checks for these development deals. They like them. What profile is your typical investor? These are high net worth individuals, accredited investors who have very busy jobs, mostly in technology background, because that's where I am from. Again, one thing I learned is people who are like you can relate the most with you. So I'm from technology background. So I still have some doctors, lawyers, and service restauranteurs in my investor database, but a disproportionate amount of my investor database is technology because when they look at me, they can relate to me. Look, this guy thinks like me. He has education like me. He has work experience like me. So I think they can relate more with me in that way. Can you identify any differences between investors who want the monthly cash flow versus investors that are in it for the long run and don't care about monthly or quarterly returns. Got it. So everybody, including me, if we can go back in time for two, three years back, I didn't even think of doing any construction deals. So everybody wants cash flow, including me. The problem is the whole world wants that. So they're bidding these properties to these insane levels. If you go to Phoenix and see, they're trading at two caps. Who buys yeah. two caps when your interest rate is north of 3.5%? No, you're asking for trouble. So a small hiccup, maybe this Delta variant blows up. That's it. You're going to lose your capital. You're playing with fire at this point. So that is why I chose to pivot to construction. Because if somebody is going to pay me two cap to build, guess what? I'm going to build it all day long. Yes, it might be a little harder for you to raise capital. But again, just to directly answer your question, I see that especially elder investors who are retired already, who, who depends on this income, they continue to look for these cash flow properties. I'm not saying that they're not there. It's just they are so far and few between the real ones, the real cash flow ones. I bought a deal last October in Lakewood, Colorado. We were doing 8 to 10% cash flow day one. So they do exist. It's just that they are far and few between. Okay, so you found that the older population is looking for cash flow, whereas maybe the younger people are looking for more home runs. Absolutely. Yeah, the younger you are, the more time you have to actually significantly grow your net worth while you don't depend on the cash flow, right? Because you are bringing in the money from your day job. What's the hardest lesson you've learned in real estate so far? 
The hardest lesson is that you got to watch what whales are doing. And let me qualify what I just said, right? So in 2018 was the last good year in Texas market. Again, this is very personal opinion, right? That I'm seeing. 2018 was the right time to actually pivot out of this value add BNC, especially in Texas market into the development. That is when the switch happened. I'm two years late to that. I missed a big home run because people were buying land at 5,000 a unit, 10,000 a unit, best land, right? Where you are getting $1.50, $1.70 rents. But guess what? I didn't see it sooner. So my learning from this thing is you got to watch whales, these big investors on what they're doing, how they're pivoting. You always have to watch them. The market will teach you more than any mentor can ever can. So I was a little late to get to that mindset where I closely watch all these big companies, what they're doing, why they're doing, how profitable they are, what are their business plans. So yeah, that is the big learning. Two years late, but I paid a heavy price for that. Now I'm paying what, eighteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 per unit. And construction costs are way higher than what they used to be two years back. So I'm going to take that answer as what's your best real estate investing advice ever. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Here's a problem you're probably not solving for right now. Have you ever had a tenant squat inside your rental and refuse to pay rent? Or are you worried about renting to a serial rent dodger? You've probably used a credit report for tenant screening before. But what if I told you you're missing out on info you need to properly verify prospective tenants? That's a problem. And the solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a summary of a prospective tenant's financial information using bank verified transactional data you can't get from a credit check. This includes monthly income, payroll, past rent payments, and identity verification. Rentify's reports also highlight non-sufficient funds, overdraft history, and missed rent payments. It's all available at www.trustrentify.com. The best part is Rentify's financial reports instantly verify the full financial picture of a tenant within minutes, so you will no longer have to waste hours or even days verifying their information manually. And you can eliminate the risk of being duped by fraudulent documents and losing thousands of dollars getting unreliable tenants evicted. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first report package. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y.com. Put in the promo code FAIRLESS, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first report package. Give me a lesson that cost you money, and that was a difficult lesson to learn. Absolutely. So I did 20 single-family homes with my own money, never lost a dime, so that's good. And I sold three properties so far, didn't lose money. We made really good on those, didn't lose money on those. I'm selling nine properties in a week in Dallas and exiting Texas value add market. We'll not lose money on that one. We'll do very good. So I haven't lost any money on 
existing assets. Let's say that. I did lose money recently on a property that I'm trying to develop right next to our Galleria Mall in Dallas. It's a small two and a half acre site. Spent five months and $50,000 on it before deciding that this deal is not feasible. And it stung quite a bit. But in that particular deal, what happened was it's an infill site, $2.20 rents. Great site to develop. It's just that site is too too damn small and the city insisted that we put a retention area to hold all the stormwater because there's some kind of a bottleneck down the line. And this happened even after working with somebody very experienced. And this is what infill site is. So that's my lesson learned. You got to be twice and thrice as careful with infill sites because you don't know what will come and bite you in. But this is my money. This is not my investor's money. Were you in due diligence or did you actually acquire the land? No, I was in due diligence, but still due diligence costs money, the legal fees, and then you have to hire the architect and you have to hire the civil engineer. You have to order environmental, soil report, topo, several things. That's the other side of the development, right? Yes, you can generate higher yields for your investors, but personally, if you are a syndicator and if you are a developer, you are taking a lot of personal risk because you won't show the deal to your investors until you iron out everything, until you are ready to actually show already as close as possible to show already. So that is the flip side of the devil. Had you followed through and built the retention pond, do you think you could have made something work there? I could have made, but I wouldn't be able to hit my 21 IRR benchmark that I set myself. So this is what happened. I started with an idea of building 200 units in that site. But once you put the retention pond, you can build maybe 120. I just lost 80 units. So I no longer can hit a 21 IRR. And this is my thought process. If you don't hit the 21 IRR, why even bother investing in development deals? I'm sure that there are deals for 12, 13, 14, 15 IRR. You can invest in existing multifamily, right? So in development, the returns have to be higher because the investor is waiting for two to three years to see their money back and their return in lump sum. But the return has to be worthwhile for them. So since I realized that I can do 21 IRR with 120 units, I bailed, even at $50,000 per loss. Venkat, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. Let's do it. Venkat, what's the best ever book you recently read? How to Influence Friends and People by Dale Carnegie. It was written in 1920s, but I'm telling you, you don't need any real estate book if you want to be successful in this business. Whatever you need, people have it. It's just that we need to know how to work with people and put together deals and make them success. So I would say that's my favorite book. What's the best ever way you like to give back? When I started, I got a lot of help. So till date, I raised $90 million, never spent a dollar on advertising. These are the people that just trusted me and gave me money. And I manage $400 million worth of assets right now. And I didn't get there all by myself. I got a lot of help. I called so many people for advice and they gave it to me. And I give that same exact thing back. You can put a monetary value on a, a critical piece of advice given to somebody at the right time which can just change the course for them. So I do that. I definitely help everybody who reaches out to me with the advice. And if there is anything in particular, they would need. That's great. How could the best ever listeners reach out to you? Well, they can email me at Venkat, V-E-N-K-A-T, at Strikerprop, S-T-R-Y-K-E-R-P-R-O-P.com. 
or they can reach me as well at 281-727-9238. Thank God. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. Uh, hopefully you could inspire some other syndicators to go into development instead of buying those two cap deals in Southwest. <laughs> so thank you for joining us today. All right. Thank you so much. Ash. Best ever listeners. Thank you for joining us and have a best ever day.